0: Good morning. Welcome to Community Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Jeremy Varner. Glad you've decided to tune in today as we continue to worship our Lord and Savior. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, you can go ahead and take those. And we're going to dive right in today and go back into the book of Colossians. And so we find ourselves again this morning in Colossians chapter 4. And so if you have your copy of the Word of God, you can follow along. And we'll also put it on the screen for you. We begin in Colossians 4, verse 2 through 6. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the Word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest. As I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this time today in your word, and I thank you that as we continue our study in Colossians on renewing our relationship. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to have recall of the things we've studied. I also pray for those who may be tuning in for the first time, Lord, that they would uh, hear from you, that they would see your word, that they would be drawn to you by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for the believers that are watching today, that they would be built up in their faith, that they would be strengthened in their relationship with you. And Lord, that all of us would grow in that relationship and that our relationship with our neighbors would also be renewed. And so, Father God, help us this day as we look to you, as our hearts are turned to you in worship, and we need to hear from you, God. In the day and age in which we live, we're in desperate need of hearing the voice of God. And so may your truth speak to our hearts today through the teaching and preaching of your word. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you recall, we've been studying through the book of Colossians, and the apostle Paul is in prison as he's writing this letter, and he's writing to the church at Colossae and reminding them of the important doctrinal truths that uh, that needs to be contended for, that faith that's been once and for all delivered. And in that uh, letter, he is addressing some of the concerns that the church had in regards to some of the different teachings and philosophies that were creeping in and competing for uh, the hearts and minds of the listeners. And so whether it was the Judaizers and and the idea of somehow that Christ wasn't enough, that you needed to keep the law, uh, that you still needed to practice certain ritualistic things, or whether it was those who were teaching that... uh, that the angel worship was also acceptable, or the mysticism, or just the vain philosophies that were competing uh, in that day and time. It's no different than the competing ideas and philosophies and and false religious practices that are trying to creep their way into uh, the church today. And so Paul's words are are very relevant to us, uh, even now in our time period, with all of the competing ideas. The one Theme that comes through in Colossians is Christ is to have preeminence. Christ is all that we need. His grace is sufficient. It's about Him. It's not about rules. It's not about practices. It's about not what we do, but has everything to to do with what's been done. And Christ alone did it. And so faith alone, Christ alone. It is truly by His grace alone that we're able to even respond to this gospel message, and so Paul is reminding folks that. And we we kind of transition through that first part of the of the book study. And we find ourselves now in chapters three and four, and and this is that practical application. And as you recall last time, uh, we uh, specifically had, had picked up from where Paul was talking about, hey, if you're a believer, you know you need to cast off some of these old ways. You need to put on some of the new ways. And that as a new creation in Christ, uh, we are called to a new life, and so we're clothed in a new garment. And, and he uses that type of language in this uh, book, and and so. Uh, we find ourselves as a reader reflecting on this and, and thinking about this, that uh, just as uh, we have, if you are a Christian, we have been born again, we're not to look the same. We're not to act the same. We're not to talk the same. We're not to live the same. There should be a transformation that has taken place in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, and that affects everything we do. Uh, Christ should have preeminence in every area of our life. Not just on Sunday. Not just on the time that you're opening the Word of God in the morning and spending time with Him. No, this is to saturate our very life. It's to be uh, uh, pouring forth from our speech, from uh, our our doing in life. And so, uh, again, uh, I encourage us all to reflect upon what the Apostle Paul is writing and, and encouraging us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to remind us of our identity in Christ. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. And so therefore we should glorify God in our bodies. And so we looked at last time, specifically here in, in chapter 4, 2 through 4, uh, is where we'll uh, look in, in, in uh, reflecting on what we talked about last time. We talked about the prayer life. Paul is addressing that vertical relationship. In this study of renewing our relationship, Paul's honing in here and he says, Look, as followers of Christ, we need to renew this relationship. And so uh, he, he gave us some instruction here in the passages we just read. Notice if you would. He said we're to be earnest in that prayer. He also said that we should be vigilant in that prayer. And we should also be thankful in that prayer. Christian? How have we done since the last time we were together? Are we being earnest in prayer? Are we being vigilant, watchful in the day and age in which we live? Are we being thankful in those prayers? And so again, by way of application, I encourage all of us to, to be earnest, to be vigilant, to be thankful. And the reason why, Paul said, was for the sake of the gospel. And so we talked about this last time. He said you need to be praying for the sake of the gospel, for the preacher. Uh, And that, again, is important. As I take opportunity today, as this Word is going out into many homes, as this Word is going out uh, across the globe, pray for the preaching of God's Word. Pray for this preacher, that I will have... uh, the the mind of Christ, that I will speak the oracles of God because He's revealed His truth through His Word. And so I'm not proclaiming a message that Jeremy Varner has to say. No, I'm I'm proclaiming a message of thus saith the Lord. This is the Word of God. And so pray that it'll, it'll go out unhindered, that it'll have free course and that it will not return void. These are the things that we must pray for. So pray for the preacher. And again, as was mentioned, pray for the proclamation. This gospel is being proclaimed throughout the world. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. Do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Maybe you're looking for hope in in, in this world and, and you happen across this message today, in this moment. Can I tell you, friend, what you need more than anything is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I invite you to investigate the claims of Christ. He invites you to be a part of His family. God demonstrated His love to you while you were still in your sins. Christ died for you. You see, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But that's why God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We invite you to come to Christ today. Grace alone, faith alone, in Christ alone. He is the way. Turn to Him today. And so pray for the proclamation, Christian, as it goes out. And that message should always be exalting Christ. And so, again, we're not here this morning uh, uh, trying to uh, espouse our Wisdom, our philosophy, our ideas, man's thoughts, man's wisdom. No, we want to exalt Christ. And He promised that if we'll make much of Him, He'll draw people to Himself. So pray for that exaltation. And pray that it will be effective and clear. Uh, Again, uh, uh, I do believe that God wants us to, as He says in His Word, to, to be diligent in studying to show ourselves approved a workman who rightly divides the word of truth so that we're not ashamed. And so, Christian, we have a responsibility in sharing the truth of God's word that we be effective and clear. And, and so, therefore, we need to study God's word. Uh, as I like to say oftentimes, we want to be a steak knife, not a butter knife. And uh, I just had a nice steak the other day. Well, that's the first steak I've had in a long time. And it would have been really tough if I had to saw that thing in half with a butter knife. Um, it reminds me of a time when I, I, I took uh, my son and I took uh, my grandfather out before he passed to, to eat, and, and I had, I think, had just gotten a paycheck. My grandfather had always been good to me, and, and I said, man, I'm going to take him out for a steak. And I'll never forget, we got to the restaurant, and we ordered a steak dinner for him, and man, I was so excited because my Papa Jones was just ready to dive into that steak. And then it dawned on him, we had left the house, and he had forgotten his teeth. I'm going to tell you, we sat there probably three hours with him gumming that steak. (laughs) It just don't work that way, folks. So we need to be effective and clear. Be a steak knife. Don't be a butter knife. We need to study to show ourselves approved and be ready to rightly divide and cut this thing straight. God's Word is straight. Uh, It's not up to private interpretation. The Spirit of God has moved on men of old to write this. Holy men, prophets, and so we have the very thoughts and mind of Christ. Let's be effective and clear in communicating that. So it brings us to our subject today. And today I want to pick up this section uh, in the Scripture and continue on in uh, our verses, actually it be verses 4 through 6. And so um, we will begin our reading there. Look, if you, get, if you would, again, back into the text. And, and I just want to recap these, uh, these verses here. Uh, let's, let's begin that actually in verse 5. It says, Walk in wisdom... Walk in wisdom. Be wise, if I put on my glasses, I'll be able to see. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And so we want to look at this time the horizontal relationship. We talked about the vertical in our prayer life, but now... We need to walk that out. And so how does this, again, how do we live this out vertically? So we want to look at renewing the horizontal relationship. And so notice if you would here, uh, walk, verses 5 and 6. Paul says we're to walk with wisdom. And specifically, he says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Now the idea here is unbelievers. And so he's challenging those believers at Colossae because, again, he recognizes the, the, the society that's going on in that, in that region, in that area of Ephesus and Colossae and, and, and uh, just that surrounding region there. And, and there's a lot of uh, debauchery, a lot of wickedness. There's a lot of uh, pagan practices, a lot of other things going on. Again, very similar to our society today. And so he says, walk with wisdom to those who are outside. And so, uh, I would ask, how are you? How are you walking? How, how are you doing with those uh, outside believe those unbelievers, Christian? Are you are you connecting? Uh, are we being effective uh, in ministering to the unbeliever? You know, when this uh, pandemic hit, it, it, originally there was um, you know concern again of, of of the churches moving to a new format, and yet. Part of this practice that we're implementing now is because of wisdom. We're still learning uh, how COVID-19 is affecting our, our world. And so to be wise, we have chosen this format for the safety uh, of those uh, around us. It is loving to uh, as we're learning and growing through this pandemic. it's loving to our neighbors to, to take a new approach. Is it hard being apart? Absolutely, it is. Do we desire to come back together? Most certainly. And I do believe there's a balance in this. And so, as we move forward, we need to pray for wisdom um, in how we as a church move forward. When is the right time to come back together? Uh, I recently shared a petition online to sign. Uh, asking the governor to allow us authorization to to have the opportunity to come back together. Now, please know, even if he okayed that, we have to be wise in evaluating how to proceed, how to move forward. There would be practices and things put in play in which we would, again, for the sake of our neighbor, for the sake of your well-being, we would desire to move forward with wisdom. But specifically, Paul here is is asking the believer when it comes to dealing with your lost neighbors, be wise in that approach. We should be mindful of the lost man in our everyday living. And specifically, how we're to reach them. Notice what he says next. He says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. That phrase, redeeming the time, means to buy back. You know, you think about some of the commodities that are precious to us in our life, and what I mean by that is this. We think of perhaps your your bank account, okay? Your finances. Well, if you spend your finances, let's say, unwisely. There's always the opportunity to rebuild that bank account. You can always get a side hustle, another job, and rebuild that. There's opportunity to do that. Relationships. Sometimes our relationships can be damaged or lost. Or, or, uh, but even there, there's still that opportunity in the sense in which that commodity could be regained. You could um, renew that. Relationship that's been severed. But when it comes to time, once time is spent, it's gone. Time is fleeting. Life is but a vapor. It's here one moment, and then it's gone. And so the idea that somehow yesterday, the time that was spent, whatever we spent it on, we can't get that back. And I know for many of you who who have lost loved ones, oh man, how precious, how, how sweet it would be to have just one minute of time with those who've gone on. What Paul is encouraging the believer here in this passage, my friend, is to say this. When it comes to our relationship, our relationship with the unbeliever, we need to redeem the time. In other words, we need to live this moment as if it is our last moment. We're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what a day will bring forth. Think about how quick the world has changed. I mean, it almost seems like overnight, and here we are. And yet, in this moment, we have opportunity. That's another thing that's found here in this passage of Scripture. In fact, the NIV translates this uh, to make the most of every opportunity. Look if you would, turn turn over to Ephesians, again to capture this thought before I continue on with the explanation. Ephesians chapter 5, and if you look in Ephesians chapter 5, we see Paul writing, and he says in verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine and which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. And again, the idea in the parallel passage in which Paul writes in in Ephesians, he's he's reminding us of the importance, uh, of the importance of being wise in the time in which we have. To be filled with the Spirit, to 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 exercise that which has been worked in, we need to work out. And so as followers of Christ, those who've been recipients of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to redeem the time in sharing that good news filled with the Spirit to the lost man. It's time to buy back some time because our time is fleeting. And so we may not have this opportunity again. Even though we find ourselves in a crazy day, a crazy age, we are seeking here at Community Baptist Church, even through this format, to redeem the time. The gospel is going out. We're trying to reach the unbelieving world. And so if you're, again, scrolling across and you're out there and you're an unbeliever, we beg you, we implore you, we beseech you, we we ask of you as ambassadors of Christ, as if we're speaking on, on behalf of God Himself, turn to His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Surrender your life today. Look to Jesus Christ as your only means of salvation. And so... This is what Paul is is encouraging us. He's saying, look, we need to renew these relationships. And the way we do so is to walk in wisdom, being mindful of those who are outside, and and redeem the time. Yesterday, um, in the posting of the uh, article I shared uh, uh, in in asking the governor to um, allow us the, the opportunity to open the doors, I had an unbelieving friend who... I used to work with on the cruise ship. He made a comment underneath. And he and I used to hang together, and he's a great guy. I, 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 I pray for him. I actually had the opportunity when I was out in California to reach out to him, and I actually invited him to come to church with me at John MacArthur's church, a Grace Community. Um, he, he slept in, I guess, that morning and was unable to, to come. But I've continued to engage him for the sake of the gospel. And after I post this plea for really believers in in churches in North Carolina, specifically was my my target audience, he decided he would chime in underneath and ask the question, why? Why would we want to gather back together? And I know where he's coming from. And again, I respect the idea. And I'm I'm with you on this, folks. We don't want to move forward and put anyone at risk. But I also recognize that we we live in a fallen world. And I also recognize that there is a tight tension between the little G God of this world who governs this world. And so that struggle of man usurping authority from God is always at battle in the deceptive mind and heart of many men. And so as we think about Uh, this battle that goes on. Because by the way, it's always a spiritual battle. Everything around us is a spiritual battle. Don't think this COVID-19 is anything different. And so even though, yes, we desire that people would be kept safe, there's also a longing in our heart to not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. God commanded us to gather. God's intent for the body of believers was that we would come together to be equipped that we might go and do the work of the ministry. Now, I believe He's shaking things up and allowing this to happen, obviously, for His namesake, for His glory. And we know that all these things work together for good for those who are called, who love God, who are chosen, and called according to His purpose. We know this. But also recognize that God has commanded us. And so God's authority... I believe, is under assault. It has been since the beginning of time. Oh, did God really say? And so this battle continues. And so as I put this post up and this friend asked the question, why? My response to him was, I can't really expect you to understand the why we long to be together as believers if you don't know my Jesus. And of course, his response was that the Jesus he knows is one who would not. And he begins to describe a Jesus that fits him. And this isn't uncommon. This is the exact type of thing the Apostle Paul is addressing in in Colossians. Man wants to bring God down to our level. We're, we've all been guilty of that. I, I'm not picking on my friend. We've all been guilty of that. We want God on our page instead of us being on God's page. That's idolatry. That's, that's one of the commandments that we break. We're, we're trying to create God in, in, a, in an image, and the image is us. And so we try to bring him down to our level. And so we, we want God to look like this, and we want Jesus to be like that. And that's the Jesus I like. And, and so again, I, he's of a, a liberal background, and so I, I would venture to guess you know, his Jesus is a Jesus that's okay with same-sex marriage. His Jesus is a Jesus that focuses on the social gospel instead of the gospel. And so that's not the Jesus of Scripture, And so I began to share with him, as I share with you, the Jesus of Scripture. And he needs to be exalted. And so we exalt Christ through the preaching and teaching. And Christian Paul is saying, do this. Redeem the time. Take every opportunity. That was an opportunity. And so I began, instead of going down the road of a political debate with my friend, because I knew that was sort of the bait Satan wanted me to bite on, by God's grace I didn't bite. Now believe me, I wanted to bite. I mean, you guys, you know, uh, who doesn't like a good fight, right? And I know many of us are out there right now, we're fighting the wrong battles. And so in the moment, by God's grace, I was able to say, wait a minute, I need to walk in wisdom I need to redeem this moment. He doesn't need a speech on why politically we need to open up the U.S. of A. He didn't need an argument over why uh, this act is not selfish but actually selfless because the desire is for the believer to be equipped to go and do the work of ministry. But that wasn't where the argument was. No, his need was a need to know the Jesus of Scripture. And so I tried to take that opportunity and effectively and clearly communicate the good news of Jesus Christ and who He is and what He's done for us and His call on our life. Pray for Him. Pray for this guy. I won't share his name, but many of you, I'm sure, are searching now. Um, But pray for him. Again, my desire is that he would come to know the Jesus of Scripture and be transformed. That's our prayer for all of you if you don't know Christ today. And so we're called to redeem the time. And again, we see here in this passage of Scripture that there's also a talk. So the walk should come before the talk. Now. This is both a vertical and a horizontal. And so let me explain. Look, if you would, back into Colossians in chapter 4 as we wrap this up. And so you notice uh, in uh, Colossians 4, and he says, verse 5 walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And so, Christian, we need to work on our talk today. Again, just as I explained in the illustration God conveniently gave me this week, it's real easy. Oftentimes, this tongue sets a forest on fire. Ask James. He talks about it. And so... We need to be careful in our day and age, guys, to redeem the time. Take the opportunity. Not to espouse your political slants. Yes, you have a right, and yes, we should occupy until the Lord comes in. Yes, we are to be effective agents in our culture and change. I'm not saying not to participate, but again, I'm, I'm challenging us all. Based upon Paul's words, is Christ preeminent in the conversation? Is this exalting Christ or is this exalting a political platform? That's the wisdom we've got away when we're walking and talking with outsiders. And if all my walk does is is wave my banner of my uh, political party, then our message will be veiled behind that cloak. And that's not what we're to do. Christ is to have preeminence in our message. This is not our home. This is not the kingdom we preach. It's His kingdom to come. That's the message. That's the ambassador we've been called to be. An ambassador for Christ. And so we need to make sure that our prayer life is such that our walk and talk is such so that this mind can be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, that we can, again, feed ourselves spiritually so that we'll know how to answer those without. And Paul continues this. So he says, walk, talk, uh, and he says to do this with grace. And notice, again, here in the passage of Scripture, he uses this word, grace, grace. Um, And he also says, with salt. I want you to listen to what MacArthur has to say in regards to grace. He says, to speak what is spiritual, wholesome, fitting, kind, sensitive, purposeful, complimentary, gentle, truthful, loving, And thoughtful. When it comes to outsiders, is this how we're talking? Is this the language that we're using to those who are on the opposite aisle, politically speaking? Guys, I'm afraid that the church is demonizing their mission field. If a person is blind, they don't see. Why are we becoming outraged and angered at a blind man who cannot see? Instead, let's be mindful to pray for the individual, recognizing it's the principality and the power, the little G God of this world that has blinded their minds. And unless the glorious light of the gospel should penetrate their heart, they will die in their sin and be eternally lost. That person is not your enemy. That person is a victim of their sin and a victim of Satan. And I use that word, and I know it's not a good word to use, because look, man's heart is desperate, dark, and deceitful. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? But yet, guys, you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have been invested with the gospel. We carry the cure for the disease that plagues this world. It's not COVID-19. The world is plagued with the disease of sin. They are blind and they are lost. And you and I have the cure. We have the vaccine. We have the solution. His name is Jesus Christ. And so may we be seasoned in our words with grace and with salt. This idea here uh, of salt, seasoned with salt, just as salt not only flavors but prevents corruption. The Christian speech should act not only as a blessing to others, but as a purifying influence within the decaying society of the world. Now, MacArthur's point there is, yes, there is opportunity, and we should take opportunity. Don't misunderstand anything that I'm saying here today. We should take opportunity to proclaim Jesus Christ, first and foremost, that's preeminent. But God does expect us to be agents of change. Being mindful of the environment, being mindful of uh, the culture around us that we live in. This is a hostile world towards us. So, So it's not any wonder that people would be against some of the things that we are for. But don't lose heart. Don't lose sight, Christian. What will change the world is reaching the world with the gospel one person at a time. And so I want to challenge you this week in your circle of influence, those that you know, your neighbors, how are you redeeming the time? How are you walking in in, uh, sight of those around you? Do they see an overflow in your life? Do they know you as such that they see a change, that they sense a transformation? Is your speech, is your talk, Seasoned with grace. And by the way, believer, salt also stings. Ever got salt in a wound? Woo! Man! Yeah, you put a little salt on that wound, it burns. Guys, I, I can tell you as a pastor, there's been a lot of times where I have salt to speak with wisdom. I have salt to speak with grace. I have sought to correct or rebuke with the authority of God, not Jeremy's opinions, and I recognize that sometimes when the word is delivered, it stings. But you know what happens that if we don't reject that salt in the wound, that salt actually works as a healing component. It actually has a way of of healing the wound. One of my favorite verses that I often share is, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Guys, as a pastor, I never want to tickle your ears. I never want to tell you something that's going to make you feel good unless it's from the authority of Scripture. I want to speak the truth in love with gentleness, with meekness. But I also recognize that there are times that that correction, that rebuke, grounded in the authority of God's Word, hurts, it stings. But please understand that if that's ever been a message that you've received from this pastor, that the intent and desire with the Word of God in mind, is that it would be healing to you. were to speak with grace, with salt, and with knowledge. Again, how important it is that when we're sharing uh, these things, when we're trying to be agents of change in our culture, and, and even in the political realm, if we should delve in there, being cautious and mindful with the balance that we need to speak with knowledge. Not knowledge from, from man's opinions or, or, or man's ideas, but from thus saith the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so there needs to be a return in reverence to the Word of God. We need to begin to take it serious the Word of God again. This is what's going to grow us. Again, Paul has, has told the Colossians that we are to, uh, w- when it comes to uh, the Word of God, that we're, we're to start with being at peace with God in our hearts. We're, we're to allow this word to dwell within us richly. And we're to do it for his namesake. This is what he's been talking about. And so how important it is for us as we walk out our life, as we live out our life, the overflow of our relationship here that's been renewed should spill over into the life of those around us. They should see the difference. My friend who I spoke of earlier, I believe one of the reasons he and I have remained in contact over the years, as is the case with many of my unbelieving friends that I still dialogue with, um, I, I believe God is using it. I pray He's using it because I'm not the same guy I used to be. They remember that old man, and I'm sure I'm like, you know, some type of weird experiment like, what is up with this guy? What, is this for real kind of thing? Because, guys, I, I, I am not the man I used to be. That old garment has been laid aside. It's been cast off. I have put on the new man of Jesus Christ. No, I'm not perfect. No, I've not arrived. I, I make bum, I, I, I trip. I fall every day in, in my walk oftentimes. it's This is the besetting sins that trip us. All of us have them. But I can promise you this. I'm not the man I used to be. God's not finished with this guy. He's still at work in my heart and my life. He is sanctifying me daily. This is my daily walk. And by God's grace, I will continue to take up my cross daily and follow Him. And so I know people look and they see, this isn't the same guy. To God be the glory. Can that be said about you? Are you different are you walking with knowledge? Are you talking with grace? Are your words seasoned with salt? Do you live out as if Christ has preeminence in your life? He is He most important to your being, to your life, to all that you say that what you do is Christ being exalted? And if He's not, then I pray that in this message you will be challenged to respond In obedient faith, let Christ have His rule and reign in your life. Let Jesus Christ have preeminence in your life. Let Him transform you. Cast off that old man and put on the new man. Walk in newness of life. So, in conclusion, let's tie this up again. Paul has been writing and encouraging us. Uh, I'm reminded of Oswald J. Smith's quote. He says, the world does not need sermons. It needs a message. You can go to seminary and learn how to preach sermons, but you will have to go to God to get messages. Well, church, here's your message. Renew your relationship vertically. Renew your relationship vertically. You can do so right where you are right now. Start there. Earnestly pray. Perhaps you're watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And again, my prayer is today is your day of salvation. Right where you are, call upon the name of Christ. Earnestly cry out to Him. Admit you're a sinner. Acknowledge that you've sinned against a holy God. You've broken His commands. We're all guilty. There's none righteous, no, not one. Admit your guilt. Fall upon the mercy of God. His desire is that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And God demonstrated His love toward you while you were still a sinner. Christ died for you. Call upon the name of Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of Christ shall be saved. If that is your heart's desire, the Spirit of God is drawing you in repentance. He is renewing. He is desiring to renew that relationship with you. Then by faith, respond to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. Surrender your life today to Jesus Christ. And as a believer... We need to return to our prayer closets. We need to begin to earnestly pray again. Earnestly pray, church. Be vigilant. It's time to wake up. You remember we talked about stop hitting the snooze. We got to wake up, church. It's time to wake up. Be vigilant. And let's be thankful. There's a lot of, there's enough complaining going on in the world today. How effective will our witness be, our talk and our walk, if we begin to display some thankfulness. Let's be thankful. Again, there's a lot that we can focus on, but let's be thankful. Thank you, God, that that this format is able to go out. The gospel is able to go out. We're reaching untold numbers of people. For that, I'm thankful. We need to proclaim the gospel. We need to exalt Christ and explain clearly. Here's your message, church. We need to renew our relationship horizontally. We need to walk with wisdom, recognizing that an unbelieving world is watching. We need to be a witness to those outside. We need to be a witness to those unbelievers. Share the gospel. Uh, I issued a challenge this week to send in a video uh, to share your testimony. Testimony. Uh, to record a a testimony of what God's doing in your life or maybe how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We've only received a few of those. I'm going to extend that and ask you to please continue. Record that. Maybe you're having a hard time uploading them. Upload them to our Facebook page, Community Baptist Church. Just upload it there. We want to hear your testimony. We want to use this as an opportunity to share with the unbelieving world how Jesus Christ has changed your life. Please share that. Redeem the time. The idea with that redeeming the time is not only taking advantage of the opportunity, but I think the word repent is very fitting there. Church, we've been spending time frivolously. I think a lot of us, some of the things that I've heard uh, out of this um, pandemic is just the the newfound time with family, with friends, in the community, again, just the intimacy that we're seeing in neighborhoods. People on their porches waving as you walk by. Conversations across the yard with people maybe you haven't spoken to in, in, in some time. But church, judgment begins at the house of God. If we're going to reach this world with the message of Christ, we have to redeem the time and we need to repent. We need to fall upon our faces and call out to the Lord to forgive us of our sins. We need to ask God to cleanse us. We need to ask God to renew us. And then we can seek to have those renewed. Here's your message, church. Let your talk be seasoned with grace, seasoned with salt. Be filled with the knowledge of Christ so you will know how you ought to live in these days of uncertainty. These are the things that we need to be mindful of. You know, we talk about the importance of time. And I want to close with this this thought. If you had a bank that credited your account each morning with $86,000, that carried over no balance from day to day, allowed you to keep no cash in your account, and every evening canceled whatever part of the amount you failed to use during the day, what would you do? Draw out every cent every day? Of course. And use it to your advantage? Certainly. Well, church... You have such a bank, and its name is Time. Every morning, it credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night, it rules off as lost whatever of this you failed to invest for God's glory. It carries over no balances. It allows no overdrafts. Each day, it opens a new account with you. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. There's no going back. There's no drawing against tomorrow. Psalm 90, 12 says, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Many of you have received your stimulus check from the government. Guys, I think God just gave us a stimulus check from His Word. It's been deposited. How are you going to spend it? Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your truth. Thank You, Lord, that we can come into prayer earnestly and vigilantly and and be thankful. Lord, I am thankful that you've opened the throne room of grace because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, because of His death, burial, and resurrection for our sin. We have access. You hear us. You are our Heavenly Father. And we're able to crawl up into your lap in the throne room of grace and say, Daddy, hear us. Abba, Father, help us. And Lord, we need your help. We need your wisdom in how to live this day. We recognize that we are in, in troubling times and many are concerned, many are uncertain. And so, Lord, let your church shine. Let us redeem the time. Let us be, uh, speak with words of, of grace seasoned with salt. And, Lord, with knowledge. I'm reminded of... Your word in 1 Peter 3.15 where you tell us that we are to set apart Christ in our hearts and to always be ready to give a defense, an answer to those who ask. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within us. Lord, help us move from our prayer closets to the streets around us to walk that talk. Let us live it out so that our speech will be received. Let our lives be marked with transformation so that others would take notice. And Lord, let it truly be for Your namesake. And so, Father God, I pray in this closing that if there be anyone out there that does not know You, let today be their day of salvation. And Lord, for us, Your church, let us spend wisely that which you've deposited into our lives. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. And again, we invite you to check out our Sunday school this evening. Uh, We're continuing our study in the book of Revelation with our teacher Larry Smith. And so you'll be sure to want to tune back in for that. Also, our teens uh, meeting uh, with uh, our Sunday school teacher, Mr. Nate Deck, Uh, tonight uh, Wednesday night youth group Uh, there'll be a study available for those teens this evening and also our college and career uh, with Mark Gentry uh, as he puts studies out Uh, just keep plugged in guys with your small groups I know several uh, opportunities that are presented out there go back and check some of our uh, previous archives and our studies uh, whether it's on the Facebook page Uh, also check out our SoundCloud download our podcast that'll give you some opportunity to feed spiritually throughout the week And so uh, stay in the Word of God, but more importantly, let the Word of God stay in you, that it will be lived out in such a way that others might see and glorify our Father in heaven. Thanks again for tuning in, and be thankful.